My name is Alvin. For those of you who are here for the first time, I serve as lead pastor here at the church. I'm glad you're with us. Uh, before I go into the rest of the service, I would like to invite us to a time of prayer. Last night was a, a rough night for a lot of people in our city with a tornado, and I just believe as a body of Christ, we should pray for God to intervene and to bring blessings and comforts to so many. So let's pray if you, if you can join me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for being good at all times, Lord, in good days and bad days, Lord. You are our constant source of goodness, of life, of peace, of joy, God. And there's a lot of people in the Nashville area, Lord, particularly the northern regions that are that are uh, hurting today. They woke up today to a lot of pain, stress. Some people lost homes. Some lost businesses. Um, some lost family and friends, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you that your word says you are close to the brokenhearted, Lord, and you know how to bring peace and comfort that surpasses understanding. So we ask for that peace and that comfort to be sent to every person who's hurting this morning because of uh, the tornado last night, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you minister to them in a way that only you can. God, I pray, Lord, for those who, uh, whether they believe in you or not, God, I pray, Lord, that you send your peace to them, Lord. And I pray, Lord, as the body of Christ, Lord, that you would uh, just give our church some ideas over the next week or so of how to be of greater help to those who are experiencing loss right now as they recover and rebuild their lives. Lord, let Nashville Life be um, a light and a source of help and comfort during this time. But in the meantime, Lord, send your peace, send your comfort to those who are hurting. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for that. Uh, well, happy Sunday. Uh, today is Legacy Sunday. For those of you who are here for the first time, uh, no pressure to, to, to be involved, but we are uh, celebrating a day of generosity our church has had the past month or so to prepare for this day, and this is really what marks our most generous time of the year. We, we all pray and ask the Lord of what amount we can give to our legacy um, offering. So this is the most generous offering that I give every year. Uh, we've decided what our offering is for this year, and it's the biggest we've given all year, but that's really what legacy offering is for. For those of you who aren't familiar, legacy, we have three legacy initiatives. We call them lanes that we uh, give to, and the legacy includes our, our building, our next generation, which is our children and our youth, and then our mission work, all of our local, national, and international mission work. So though we give our tithes and offerings, this is an additional offering that is designated to those three initiatives. Um, so I pray that you all can participate. Again, if you are new here, it's your first time, please, no pressure. But you're more than welcome to participate as well. And when you give, you'll see, uh, uh, if you give online, you'll see a line that says legacy offering. Just give whatever amount to that legacy offering. Or if you're giving in person, you can write legacy offering and they can know what to designate for that, uh, that fund. So 
Today is exciting. I always love to see what God does through generosity in our church. He's done some big things over the past few years on this particular day where we give like this. So today is going to be another one, and I'm excited. So happy Legacy Sunday, and before we get into the word, I would like for us to say this declaration together. I like to do this before we get into scripture every week. So repeat these words after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome, amen. Uh, we are talking about a principle today that is universal. Uh, I believe it applies to everybody, whether you are a Christian or not. Everybody has been affected by this principle for better or for worse, and that is the principle of sowing and reaping. I want to talk about sowing and reaping today. It's a principle that I believe holds up in every context, whether it's spiritual, whether it's athletics, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, sowing and reaping uh, always seems to play out. And sowing and reaping basically says what you reap in life is determined by what you sow. It's simple. What you reap in life is determined by what you sow. Second Corinthians, first service, I said first. Second Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 6 through 8, says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Great scripture, and it's true. Uh, there, I can imagine there was a guy that maybe heard this principle, heard the scripture, and got the idea to take this principle and try to apply it um, out in Vegas. And they took a flight out to Vegas and went to the casino and was like, hey, you know, the Bible says if you, if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. And they took all their chips and they laid it all out and said, here, I'm betting everything because I want to use this principle here today at this casino. And they walk out with nothing. And they're upset because they said, I thought this principle said that if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. And sometimes experiences like this have to happen to introduce us to another very important detail to this principle and that is the quality of ground or soil. Jesus warns us to not put our treasure in ground that's not good, in ground that is hazardous, in ground that, that is dangerous, but to, to store our treasure into secure ground, ground that is safe, ground that is guaranteeing a yield. Uh, Mark chapter 4, Jesus teaches about the importance of the quality of the soil 
and the ground that you sow in. And in Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus starts off with an exclamation point. He says, listen, and he says it with force, which means he really wants us to get this. He says, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But the sun, sorry, when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7 says, And some seed fell on among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground. Can everyone say good ground? Good ground. And yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. The scripture says that the amount that you sow is not the only thing that determines what you reap, but also the condition of the ground in which you sow it. So given that the ground is good, fertile ground, whoever sows bountifully, will reap bountifully. The reason why this principle is important for us to follow is because this is a principle that our creator, God, lives by. He lives by this principle. He created the world via this principle. The Bible says that every word that he spoke is how creation came. God's word is like a seed, which is why this time is so important. God is planting seeds this very moment through his word. The Bible says he spoke, let there be light, and boom, light produced. And he spoke, let, let the earth come, and let the land come, let the seas, and let the stars. And as he spoke, like planting seeds, the very thing that he spoke produced just as he said that it should and that it would. I don't know if you guys understand this, but the, that we as human beings, we've been made in God's image, and we've actually inherited that quality. We've inherited that power. The Bible says if you speak life, life is produced. If you speak death, death is produced. Every word that comes out of your mouth is a seed. And the very seed that you sow, that thing will be produced. We've inherited that ability from our creator, God. God created everything to follow the sowing and reaping principle. All the vegetation, all the fruit, all of the animals, insects, human beings, especially human beings. He's called everything that he created to reproduce and to be fruitful and to multiply. We see this in Genesis chapter 1. I'm going all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 through 28. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created Adam as a seed. He was the first seed for all of the human race. He started the entire human race with one man. He was the seed, and from Adam came Eve. And then Adam and Eve together began to reproduce with Cain and Abel and, and Seth and so on, and generation after generation after generation leading all the way up to present day. We are a product of the seed that was planted with Adam so long ago. But there was something that happened that's very important to the plot, and that was corruption. Adam and Eve were deceived by a serpent, and they opened their lives to sin. And this seed that God had so carefully and wonderfully and fearfully made was corrupted by sin. And this was a tough situation because, you see, God created everything. And if you look at creation, the creation story, everything he created, he said, and this was good. And then he would bless it to reproduce. So that's, that's what happened with Adam and Eve. He made man and said, it, this is good. And because it's good, I want to bless it so that this goodness that I've created can multiply and this goodness can cover the whole earth. But the timing of the corruption was really messed up. When Adam and Eve were corrupted by sin, they had already been blessed to be fruitful and multiply. So the goodness that God intended to be fruitful and multiply became corrupted. And that corruption was still able to be fruitful and multiply. So instead of goodness multiplying through humanity, Corruption multiplied through humanity, and sin multiplied. So all the sin, all the corruption that was in Adam and Eve began to multiply, y'all. So the mess started getting bigger and bigger. So you went from having two sinners to four sinners to 400 sinners to 4,000 sinners to 4 million sinners to 4 billion to 4 trillion. And now you've got a world full of corruption and sinners, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 through 22 says, For as in Adam, that seed, in Adam all die. The seed that God created to be the, the seed bed for the human race became a slave to sin and bound for death. And that seed has been multiplying for centuries all the way up to today, you and me. Aren't y'all glad you came to church today? But God had a plan. He always has a plan. I don't care how ugly or messed up or, or gross a situation is looking. God has a plan to turn it around. And thank God he had a plan for this. And the plan came fast. As soon as they got corrupted, the, the plan came uh, into fruition, and that plan was prophesied in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, God prophesied the redemption plan right then and there. You might have missed it. He says, and I will put enmity between you. He's talking to the serpent. The serpent's the one that brought the corruption. He was the one that deceived Adam and Eve. And God told the serpent, I'm going to put enmity 
between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He, her seed, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Notice his is in capital letters. He is talking about this new seed that he was going to bring into the earth. And this new seed is not just new, but scripture goes on to say this new seed was an incorruptible seed. First Peter, this is where it gets good. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 through 25, Peter says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever because all flesh is as grass and all glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers fall away, but the word of God endures forever. God brought a new, eternal, incorruptible, imperishable, unconquerable seed into the earth. Unlike the first seed, which was Adam, which was corrupted. God said, I'm doing a do-over. He did a do-over. And he planted a new seed into the earth that, unlike Adam, was incorruptible, indestructible, and it would redeem all the mess that the first seed created. So for those who desire to be saved today, you've come to the right place, and I've got great news for you. Because though you might have been born of corruptible seed, though you might be experiencing the fruit of corruption in your life this very moment, though you might be eating from fruit that has corruptible seeds in it, there is a new seed on, in town. There is a new seed on the scene. And if you can receive the seed, I promise you, he will undo all of the corruption that is in your life that has been inflicted on you, that you've inflicted on others. The Lord will turn it all around because that's just how strong this seed is. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, which means God himself, the Spirit of God, the Holy perfect spirit of God planted a seed inside young Mary. And while she was still a virgin, she received this seed. And this seed grew and she gave birth to the seed and they named him Jesus. And Jesus continued to grow throughout his life. He was on the earth for 33 some years. It says in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, he grew in favor with God and man. So this seed grew, and it was wonderful, and it was miraculous, it was beautiful. And then the unthinkable happened. The unthinkable happened. He told his disciples this news. In Luke chapter 9, verse 22, this is what Jesus said to his disciples. The Son of Man, Jesus says, must suffer. Can everyone say the word suffer? Many things and be rejected. Can you say rejected? Yeah. 
by the elders of the chief priests and scribes and be killed. Can you say killed? And be raised. Can you say raised? The third day. The disciples, they didn't say hallelujah when they heard it. They were sad. Emotionally, they were sad and mentally put down. This was bad news for them because they heard words like, like suffer, words like rejected, words like killed. And those words were so dominant in their emotions and so dominant in their brains, they forgot that the last word was raised. So instead of rejoicing over this news, they mourned over this news because all they were thinking about was that he was going to suffer, that he was going to be rejected, and he was going to be killed. Now, this is, this, is, this is why we can't always trust our feelings because sometimes we might not be able to interpret something in the spirit and we'll, we'll, in our lack of understandings, we'll, we'll feel sad about this and, and f- consider this bad news. And this same bad news they were mourning about is the same good news that we rejoice about on this end. Same news, but they saw it as bad and when you know the story, you see it as good. Because Jesus says that despite him being rejected, despite him suffering, despite his killing, he would raise from the dead. And it's amazing how we don't really think about everything when we are taking in information. Because the disciples knew the sowing and reaping principle. This is an age-old principle. This is not faith-specific. This is something that applies in nature. Sowing and reaping was not a new concept to them. Jesus even tried to remind them of the sowing and reaping concept in John chapter 12, verse 24, where he says, Very truly I tell you, he says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But, Jesus says, if it dies, it produces many seeds. So he already taught them these lessons, but I believe as they were hearing this news from Jesus, they were blind to the fact that that principle of sowing and reaping was happening before their very eyes. And the person that they gave, that was giving them this news was the seed that had to die so that more seeds can come. The beauty of Jesus' death was, like the scripture says, unless a kernel of wheat dies, it just remains one. But when it dies, the Bible says it produces many seeds. So after Jesus' death, the beauty of the death is when he rose from the grave, he was now able to multiply his righteousness in the lives of every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that received him. He was now able to multiply his holiness. He was now able to multiply his power, multiply his relationship with the Father, multiply his goodness in the lives of you and me if we receive him. And that's the stage that we're in right now. Jesus, he rose from the grave, and it was confirmed when he was rose from the grave. He said, now my father has given me all authority in heaven and in earth. That's when he became king of kings and lord of lords. That's when he became the everlasting father. That's when he became the incorruptible, perfect, eternal lord forever, when he rose from the grave. And not only that, but he was now in seed form For every heart that wants to receive him. The Bible says that currently Jesus is searching 
to and fro for people who are willing to receive his incorruptible seed, who's ready to receive him into their hearts, who's ready to receive his holiness, his righteousness, his mercy into their lives. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus says, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is the seed, everybody. And your heart is the soil. Jesus is the seed. And your heart is the soil. Now we have to remember Mark chapter 4. Remember we talked about you can have the greatest seed, but if the soil isn't quality, if the soil has rocks and thorns and stones in it, it won't be able to produce the life that that seed wants it to produce. So as perfect of a Jesus as I'm offering you today, as incorruptible as he is, as holy, as matchless, as forever holy that he is. He's perfect. He's the best seed. He produces life and life more abundantly. And as amazing as he is, guys, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that the quality of your heart didn't play a big part in the results that he will have in your life. I know many people who've received Jesus, have known Jesus for 10, 15, 20 years and haven't received the change and seen the change in their lives that they hear about in Scripture and that they hear about from other people when they give their testimonies. And they kind of have to clap and then really inside they're like, that didn't happen to me, but good for you. But I have the same Jesus that you have. And sometimes I'll say this, before we make the mistake of discrediting the seed, and, and stop believing in the seed. I want us to, for a second today, consider the soil. Perhaps it's the soil that the seed has been planted in that's stunting the growth. Maybe it's the soil. Maybe it's the condition of our hearts that's playing a big role into why the life and the fruit of Jesus isn't just blooming from our lives the way that we want it to. That's my story. I heard of Jesus for years. Jesus was in my life. He was in my Sundays. He was in my Wednesdays. I knew scripture. Jesus was there, but it wasn't until my heart was ministered to and my heart and the quality of my heart was addressed. And y'all, it was immediate. I, I will say it was immediate. The minute that my heart receive the ministry and the healing and the change those all of a sudden that incorruptible perfect seed that had been lying in there dormant was now able to take root and produce fruit and change in my life so yes the seed is perfect but receiving Jesus with a stony thorny heart will not be the same as receiving Jesus with a heart that is receptive and absorbent to who he is so that's what we pray, the biblical prayer that David prayed, created me a new heart, God. And the Lord will take away the heart of stone, the heart that makes the seed just bounce off. Like If I put a seed on this stage, I could pour all of the best seeds on this stage. Nothing would happen. And that's the way a lot of our hearts are. Our hearts are like the stage because of the things that you've gone through. 
the things that you've allowed to harden in your heart, the callous, the resentment, the bitterness, the anger, the fear, all of those things turn our hearts into stone. So you come to church and I'll give you the seed of life, the incorruptible holy seed, and you receive it, and it just rolls off like it would roll off on the stage, and God says that doesn't have to happen anymore. You can actually say the Lord, Lord God created me a new heart. You have to recognize it in yourself. If your heart, if there's bitterness in your heart, that space that Jesus wants to take in your heart. If there's anger in your heart, that's space that Jesus wants to take in your heart. That song, Joy to the World, it says, let earth prepare him room. And I believe that that's what we should all be doing today. We should prepare room. We should make room in our hearts so that when Jesus comes, he's not cramped up by all of the resentment and all of the past hurts that you've been through and all of the rejection of your past. If he's crowded by those things, as awesome as he is, he can't grow the way he wants to grow in your life. The good news is that God has the power today to take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's a whole, that's a whole part of the new covenant. The new covenant is that he will take away your heart of stone and he will give you a heart of flesh that's soft. It'll be like a sponge. It'll soak up all of the revelation, all of the love, all of the acceptance, all of the faith, all of the hope, all the vision. Does anybody want a heart like that? Well, you can receive it by faith. The Lord will supernaturally change the condition of your heart. Now, it might not be easy. Some of you guys might have to walk through some hurts of the past and forgive some people. Some of you guys might have to relive some of those things you said you'll never feel again. Part of the healing process is some of those things coming up to the surface. I want to give a plug to our Freedom Life Group. Freedom Life Group is all about that. It's about, it's about addressing the tough parts of life that has been stunting your growth and allowing the seed of Jesus to stretch and spread over your life and, and, and bear the fruit that you want him to bear. So I've got two appeals for you today. Number one, receive Jesus as the new seed into your heart. And number two, offer your heart to God so the seed of Jesus can grow in good soil. I'm convinced God is the only person who can change the condition of your soil. He is the only person that can change the quality of your soil your heart. As we end, the sowing and reaping applies to today's legacy offering. Every offering you give in the body of Christ is you're sowing a seed. And as a member of Nashville Life for the past 12 years, I do want to say for what it's worth that I believe Nashville Life is good soil. I believe as the Lord has planted seeds and given to us, it's, it's produced really exciting fruit, fruit that I believe will last for eternity. I was going back and looking just this year alone, 2023, we have uh, seen 90 recorded salvations this year, um, 75 water baptisms. We've been able to give over $200,000 to mission work 
here in town and across the world. And then I think 100 students have gone through our Freedom Life group to deal with their hearts. 100 new people have been through that because of this year. Lastly, I think 150 people have made Nashville Life their home in 2023. So God is blessing us. He's allowing us to continue to be good ground for his life to be produced in us and through our church. I can't wait to see what's happening in 2024. I believe the Lord wants to make us more fruitful than we've ever been. So as you plant your seed today with a legacy offering, know and trust that God has blessed us by his grace to be good ground for his kingdom. I would like to pray and then we'll dismiss. Father, I thank you for the principle of sowing and reaping. Thank you for providing our hearts the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ. I pray we receive him freely today and for his power and his love and his joy, his peace to be produced in our lives and to live through our lives. I thank you for the good soil that you have blessed Nashville life to become. As we sow freely this morning and as people give their legacy offering, let everyone reap bountifully what they sow. God, I pray that you bless them in ways beyond their imaginations. And I pray that all that would be for your glory, God, as we prepare for your return. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team to get in position and for all of us to stand. This is the time where I get to offer you all the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ. I've told you already, his seed is perfect. But we also have to ask the Lord to deal with our hearts so that it can stick, so that it can take root, so that it can produce life and life more abundantly so the first step today is asking this wonderful jesus who according to revelation is knocking on the door of your heart this very moment he wants so bad to connect with you he wants to share a life with you he wants to share his love with you he wants to share mysteries with you so if you're willing to let him into your heart today and start this great work of salvation, this great work of healing, this great work of transformation. Repeat these words after me and let's all say it together. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day forgive me of my sins make me a new person in Christ say Lord Jesus I choose you to be the Lord of my life Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. 
In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen. And let's celebrate. Let's lift up a sound. Clap your hands. Say hallelujah something. God is good. He's worth all of this and more. If you said yes to the Lord Jesus, I want to congratulate you. I promise you, best decision you will ever make. Now it's time for the Lord to start dealing with your heart so that that seed can just produce miracles in your life. Miracles in your life. If you want to get more connected to the church, if you said yes to Jesus and you want more information about Jesus, you can do two things. You can text the word BELONG to 77411. Real easy way. We can connect with you via phone. Or we have our next steps meeting at 1 o'clock. You're all welcome to come to that. Our leadership is there. We'll talk about the vision of our church. You can find out what Nashville Life is about in case you want to be more a part of it. We'd love to see you there. Um, if you want prayer for anything, this team is here to pray for you. So on the way out, if there's any prayer requests, anything heavy on your heart, anything you want support or prayer in, please do not hesitate. This team loves God and they love you. They would love to pray for you before you go. And then lastly, if you would like to give, thank you in advance. You can give online or if you want to give in person, our finance team can serve you in the lobby. And we also have a drop box in the, uh, the doors behind you on the way out. I love you. I pray that you have a great rest of your day. Hope to see you all next week. And I pray God's blessings on you. In Jesus' name, have a great rest of your day.